There are those who testify that they belong to Christ. And they do so because they belong to a church. They testify, I belong to Christ because I belong to church. That don't make it work for you just because you belong to a church. If he's not living in you, you don't belong to him. There are others who said, you know, I've been baptized and I belong to Christ. But being baptized don't make you belong to him. He needs to be living on the inside of you. The hymn writer says, what a wonderful change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart. When Jesus Christ comes into your life, there is a change. The Holy Spirit come and take up residence on the inside of every believer who will guide our lives and govern our lives. Join us today as we share the message of how our lives should change and should reflect the governance and the control of the Holy Spirit in each of us. Come and go with me as we walk in the light of God's Word. After talking about the mindset that the believers ought to have to live a victorious life, Paul the Apostle goes into an in-depth explanation of the mechanics of a victorious life. There are too many people who say that they are saved who are not living a life of victory, but instead living a life of defeat. They're on the defensive when it comes to living righteous. They're on the defensive when it comes to living holy. But God saves us so that we can live a holy life. These folks over here got it. He says, he saved us so we can live a holy life. There are challenges that we have that we need to overcome. And Paul helps us in the book of Romans, chapter 8, verses 9 through 13. And he gives us some information that will help us to live a victorious, holy life in Christ Jesus. And I want to read this passage to you, Romans chapter 8, verses 9 through 13. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit. If the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin. Yet, your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus Christ from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation, but it is not to the sinful nature to live according to it. But if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Paul is trying to get us to walk in a life and a lifestyle where we have a vibrant, abundant life in Christ Jesus and not a defeated life controlled by the sinful nature. Now in this passage, this is one of the passages when I look at it, I see several things in it right away. He's talking about living and dying. And he's talking about Christ living in us, but the whole part of this passage is conditional if you look at it more closely. Because he says, 
uh, you're not controlled by the sinful nature if the Spirit of God lives in you. Verse 10, he says, but if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin. Then verse 11, it says, if the spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead is living in you. So he's saying, if these things are occurring in your life, you will have these certain results. And if these things are not occurring in your life, you will have the opposite result. But I want you to notice that he begins this passage by saying, you, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the spirit. Who is the you? Or who are the you that he's talking about? And you'd have to follow along in the previous verses in chapter 8. But you, he's referring to, are the ones who is different from the ones he spoke about in verse 7. In verse 7, he talks about those that's being controlled by the sinful nature. In verse 7, he says, those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. Those whose lives are controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. What's that sinful nature? That sinful nature is that you, before you got saved. That sinful nature is that which you were born with. It is your DNA that uh, functions inside of you that told you how to act, how to respond, how to be, how to live, how to do your own thing before Christ comes into your life. That's you. That's how you live. Or like someone said, that's how you rolled. You just did your own thing. That sinful nature is your own thing. But you, he was talking to the believers, those who said, Jesus Christ is the Lord of my life. But you are controlled by the Holy Spirit. You are not controlled by the sinful nature, but by the Holy Spirit. And the theme in this passage is the relationship of the Holy Spirit to the life of the believer. There is a relationship with the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. And that's what he's talking about. He mentions the Holy Spirit six times in these few verses. The Spirit of God, the Spirit who lives inside of you, the Holy Spirit living inside of you. If you are saved, he says, you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. So the first thing he points out about the Holy Spirit relationship, he says, number one, you are controlled by the Holy Spirit. If he lives in you, if he lives in you, he wants to control you. Paul said in Ephesians 5.18, I believe it is, he said, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. So the Holy Spirit wants to control you. Now, every spirit wants to control you. So somebody said, I don't want nothing controlling me. Something is controlling you. Your life is nothing but a puppet on a string. You think you're in control. You just think you're moving. You just think you're doing that. But either the devil is up there pulling your string or the Lord is. Because you know it's the Lord pulling your string when somebody cuss you out and you just say, Lord, we'll just bless them. You know that ain't you. That's God. Now, when you, you cuss them back out, that's the devil. So, you know, you don't take that off of nobody. The Holy Spirit lives in you. If the Holy Spirit dwells in you, that word dwell is the word that is worth looking at a little bit closer. That word dwells if he's comfortable. Not only is the Holy Spirit the residence in the believer, 
And he comes in our lives and he takes up a position in us when we get saved, when we open our hearts to the Lord. The Holy Spirit comes in and take up residence. What do you do when, when a visitor comes to your house and you open the door and he comes in and he's standing right there in the living room or the foyer? What do you say? Well, come on in and make yourself at home. You're asking him to dwell. That's a difference between somebody just stepped in the door. You don't say anything. He can't be comfortable. He's in, but he's not comfortable. Maybe it's a salesperson. Maybe it's someone you don't know that well. You invited him to well, just step in, but you didn't tell him to make themselves well at home. So he can't dwell even though he's in. But the Holy Spirit, he says, if the Holy Spirit is dwelling in your life, he's actively at home in the believer, living in him as if it's his home. Now, most of the time when we tell people to make yourself at home, we don't mean that. We just said that because that's what we know how to say. Well, make yourself at home. Suppose they say, okay, and they go right to the refrigerator. Then you're going to say, hey, I didn't say go all in my refrigerator. But you have to have a relationship with somebody before they can go in your refrigerator, don't you? And a good one. And a really, really good one if they're going to go into the master bedroom bath. You know, you got that little old short bathroom downstairs. The one you try to keep clean. In case somebody need to go, just go, go there. Don't go to the one upstairs. <laughs> so in other words, the Holy Spirit has been given your address when you got saved. And as a new residence for him to come move in, you get saved, Father, come into my life. I, I need a change in my life. And we, we say, we pray that Jesus now is Lord. And when we say that prayer and we give our hearts genuinely to the Lord, God sends the Holy Spirit to your address. It says there's a new residence that you're supposed to move into. And he comes to move in. That's why Paul says, if the Holy Spirit has moved in you, you are not controlled by the evil nature. Because the Holy Spirit and the evil nature, don't, they don't hang out together. And when the Holy Spirit moves in, sin moves out. So what we are to do then is to welcome the Holy Spirit into our lives and there are some things that we can do that will make him comfortable and make him want to abide with us. One of the things that we do to make him welcome is to invite him in and then do things that he can roll with, he's comfortable with. One is prayer. We pray. We worship. We praise. We set the atmosphere for him to come in. We are yielded to him and obedient to him. He starts working in our lives when, when he actually comes in and begins to minister to us. And he begins to straighten some things out if we let him. I'm going to give you an illustration. I'm going to ask Brother Brian Franklin to come. I'm going to give you an illustration. Now, he's just got saved. For this illustration, I'm the Holy Spirit. So you invited me into your life. Yes. I saw that you were at the altar and you confessed your sins. You said you want Jesus to be Lord of your life. Yes, I do. Well, thank you. And in fact, I think you even heard you said you, you're so excited you might want to preach. <laughs> yeah. Well, good. Well, good. <laughs> I'm here to help you. I'm here to come alongside of you. Even now, you can just share your testimony with 
Anybody that you come in contact with, just tell them you gave your life to me. And we're here to just help you to, to testify and to live a holy, righteous life. And I'm going to walk alongside of you. We're going to help you to grow in Christ so that you can be mature and you can reach that goal of uh, spreading the word and spreading the gospel. Are you ready? Yes, I am. Okay. Uh, before we go, what is that in your coat pocket? Oh, a little black book. <laughs> uh, we can't go with this. Okay. These are numbers and things that you were... I don't know she would... <laughs> We're going to have to leave that behind before we go. All right, brother? Okay. Now, you can share and you can witness... We're going to start going to church, and we're going to Sunday school. We're going to take our classes, and I'm going to help you. Anytime you feel like you can't make it, you call on me, and I'm going to help you, okay? If I identify some things that need to be straightened out, we're going to straighten it out, amen? Amen. Okay. Uh, what is that? <laughs> oh, that's the remote. <laughs> this is the one that goes to the website that... Go to that. Uh, we can't watch this no more, brother. All right. Every time uh, you think about this and whatever, I'm going to remind you that you said you wanted to follow the Lord. Thank you. All right. Uh, so let's put this aside. We can. We're getting somewhere. Come on. <laughs> Glory to God. Now you know you can. You want to serve in the church. Uh, you can be an Ursha. Okay. But you said you wanted to be on the altar team. Yeah, what's that? What, what you got there? You can't be on the altar team with that. Yeah. Oh, another habit. Brother, you're going to have to get this up if you want to be on the altar prayer team. Okay. Okay, you can't get on the altar prayer team. Cigarettes and drinking alcohol. Now, I can't make a case that you're going to go to hell with that. But you can't be a good testimony if you're going to be praying for folk, okay? So we're going to get rid of this. How long you been doing this? A few years. Okay, well, let's get rid of it. Okay, I'm going to help you break that. Okay. Every time you think about it, you, you just ask me to help you. So the Holy Spirit is working. Okay, anything else I need to know about before you go? That's it. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I don't know. It seems seem like there must be something else. I keep getting a check in my spirit. <laughs> no, that's all. That's it? That's it. What is, what is that? That's not nuts. <laughs> you know, listen, I've been around a while. And I've worked with all kind of people. Some of the people you see on television doing great works, they've had to go the same way. We had to help them out. There's always one or two things that we want to hold on to. Just, uh, just hand it over. But I, I need this, though. Well... You know, if you're going to go with me, if you're going to take that last step, you're going to have to just give up everything. You know, you said you wanted to preach the word. Right. You're going to have to give it up. <laughs> but break the power of this thing. Right. In the life of believers, when the Holy Spirit comes in, he comes in to do a work. And he comes in to help us to remove things out of our lives. That's why Paul said, if he's living in you, you're not controlled by the evil nature. 
But there are things that as we go through, it could be anger. It could be unforgiveness. It could be bitterness. It could be all kinds of habits and things in our lives that some of them we don't want to get rid of. But the Holy Spirit will help us to break the power. Thank you. Give him a hand. He's a good pastor. He's a good preacher. He's a good believer. He just had a few things that he needed to give up like the rest of us. Paul is saying if, if the Holy Spirit comes into your life, he's not just coming to sit around in the living room. He's going to open up all the doors and all the drawers. He's going to look in every place. And when he finds something, his job is to point it out. The Bible said the Holy Spirit comes to convict of sin. So in your life, when he comes and points those things out, he says, you know, you need to get rid of that. Guess what you need to do? If you're going to grow, if you're going to mature, if you want to do something in the kingdom of God to get something accomplished, you're going to have to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. So that first thing he says, if the Holy Spirit lives in you or dwells in you, you are controlled by the Holy Spirit. But because of the goodness and the saving grace of God, when we give our lives to him, he imparts his divine nature and break that power of the evil nature in our lives. We've said that over and over again. Then the Holy Spirit has a ministry to perform in our lives. And that's to give us that victory over sin and produce his own fruit in our lives. He come to produce the fruit of the Spirit. The second thing I want to tell you, he says, that if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. He made it simple and straightforward. He says, if you don't have the Spirit of Christ living in you, you don't belong to him. You can go to church all you want to. If he's not living in there, you don't belong to him. There are those who testify that they belong to Christ. And they do so because they belong to a church. They testify, I belong to Christ because I belong to church. That don't get that, that don't make it work for you just because you belong to a church. If he's not living in you, you don't belong to him. There are others who said, you know, I've been baptized. And I belong to Christ. But being baptized don't make you belong to him. He needs to be living on the inside of you. So we're told in this passage, if you don't have the spirit of Christ living in you, you don't belong to Christ. Now, how do we know if the Holy Spirit is living in us? Number one, he has to be invited in. We invite him in when we uh, give our life to the Lord. When we say, Lord, I, I no longer want to live my life in my own strength. I want you to come and have control of my life, and I want you to be the Lord of my life. That invites the Holy Spirit to come in. Secondly, when he moves in, sin starts moving out. As he points out that sin and convicts us of our sinful behavior, sin starts moving out. When he comes in, you can't comfortably live in the same life and lifestyle that you used to live in before you were saved. You can't comfortably do that. The Holy Spirit's always meddling you and bothering you. You know how it was before you were saved. You could do whatever you want to and nothing bothered you. You just had such a good time. 
and you were looking forward to doing it again. But once you're saved, you can do those same activities and the Holy Spirit said, now you know that's not right. You know you need to get out of this place. You don't need to hang around over here. You don't need to hang with these people. You don't need to say what you've just been saying. You don't need to do what you've just been doing. And you just say, okay, I gotta, I'm not comfortable. Why are you bothering me? That's the Holy Spirit trying to get your attention. Thirdly, the Holy Spirit empowers us to have victory over sin in our lives. He empowers us when he comes in. Then the fourth thing he does, he produces something different in us. He produces something different in us, and the Bible calls it the fruit of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit produces fruit. In the lives of the yielded believer, he begins to change and develop some things in your life that were not developed before and others will be able to tell the difference in your life. See, you don't, he doesn't produce fruit just for you. In fact, the fruit is not for you. Somebody say, I want the fruit of the spirit in my life. I want all the fruit produced in me. Why? You know, just so you can say you're holy and, and, and sanctified. No, when you produce the fruit in your life, it's so that others can benefit from being around you. Paul talks about this fruit, not only the fruit of the spirit, but also the fruit of the sinful nature or the fruit of the flesh in Galatians chapter 5, 19. Let's look at that, 5, 19 through 25. He says this when he was talking about this, this fruit. He says the acts, the act of the sinful nature are obvious. These are the act of the sinful nature. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery. Somebody say, what's debauchery? They're just raising hell. Idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, Selfish ambition, dissensions, and factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and stuff like that. He said those are the things that are produced by the sinful nature. Do I need to read them again? Somebody said, no, don't read them again. And he says, I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. He said, I'm warning you. Those who live like this, they're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. They're not going to see God's kingdom. Then he says, but in contrast to that, the fruit of the spirit are these. Number one is love. Produces love in your life. It produces joy. Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It produces all of these things in your life. If you don't have the joy, the peace, the goodness. In other words, Paul is saying there ought not be any mean, nasty attitude Christian. We have just celebrated the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. There are people who've never heard the good news that Jesus Christ came to give sinful people a new life and an eternal life. I don't know where you are. You may be just passing through the radio programs and I want you to know 
Jesus Christ came to seek and to save those who were lost. He brought hope to the hopeless and help to the helpless. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, it only takes a moment for you to turn your life and your heart toward Him and ask Him to come into your life to be your Lord and to be your Savior. He will do for you what He's done for many of us. He will change our lives and give us a new start. If you would like to listen to today's message in its entirety, you can do so by going to our podcast at The Light of the World Daily, Jerry G. Martin. You can hear today's message and previous messages that you may have enjoyed, and you can share them with family and friends. I invite you to be our guest at The Light of the World. We meet each Sunday at 16161 Old Humble Road. Come and be our guest, 10 o'clock Sundays at 16161 Old Humble Road. You can join us and enjoy our online service at lowcf.org. Again, that's lowcf.org. We have the Beacon Bookstore right here on our campus where you can get books, Bibles, church supplies, or communion supplies. Call us at The Beacon, 281-441-2885. Again, that's 281-441-2885. Now, for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, May the Lord our God richly bless you, and we'll be with you again next time.